Welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Raiders won today. Um, you, you wouldn't know it by a lot of fan reactions. What the hell are you guys so mad about? The Raiders won. Oh, oh the Jets? Oh, yeah, they're 0-11. Sure. Raiders beat them. Won a game that, well, they should have won it. Right, they should have won it. They should have won. They should have beat the Jets by a lot. They are better than the Jets by a lot. But they stole one right at the end. They stole one at the end. It was a walk off. It's like a walk off home run. Derek Carr touchdown to Henry Ruggs after a failed fourth down attempt in the end zone. Raiders got the ball back, and the Raiders won the game. Won a game that they shouldn't have. They should have been six and six after this game. They played. They didn't play well, and they should have lost that game to the Jets, but they didn't. A lot of fans online are are saying, this didn't feel like a win. I feel terrible. Wow, must be nice, right? What team have you been watching the last 20 years, right? Have you been watching uh, this winning franchise, this this uh, playoff and, you know, Lombardi Trophy contender year in and year out team? Because I've been watching – a lot of really bad stuff for two thirds of my life in terms of Raider football. This was one of those wins that makes you think maybe, maybe you're a bit lucky this year. All right. I was talking to a guy, he keeps his account on private, so I won't give him a shout out, but I, I was, uh, I was talking to a guy and uh, he was saying like, why is everybody mad? Look, Raiders in 2016, were on a roll and, and Derek Carr broke his ankle. That's bad luck. And I'm thinking in a game like this where the Raiders choke a game, choke it away, play sloppy on offense, terrible on defense, choke it away, and find a way to win. And I'm thinking, why is everybody mad? This team's still in it. This team is still in the wild card race. If they lost this game, they would. the season's over. I'm telling you, tonight I'm looking at draft prospects. I haven't been paying attention that much to – you know, college draft prospects this year as much as I used to. This time last year, Raider season was done in 2019. So maybe you take the lucky win, right? Maybe you take the the win that you shouldn't have had. This should have been the Jets' first win, and it wasn't. And maybe this is a string of luck that comes on for the Raiders. Perhaps I'm feeling optimistic. Remember, I record this the day of the game. So when there's a loss, I sound a lot worse than it was. And when, it's, when there's a win, I probably sound a little bit more excited than I should be. I might feel a little bit different later in the week, right? Going up against Indy in a, good, in a, in a tough matchup that'll, that'll be between two playoff contending teams. But it wasn't a good game at all. It, it, and the Raiders found a way to win at the end. It's not even finding a way. It was luck. And, you know, I'll, I'll get into the people that think the Jets threw the game. I'll, I'll get into that later. But the, the game against Indy doesn't mean anything. Right? When that ha- it, it, that game doesn't mean anything if, if the Raiders don't win today. Six and six and six in the AFC this year doesn't do anything. Six and six, you're done. You might want to start selling off some of your, you know, start looking at free agents, kind of start looking at draft picks. Six and six does nothing. 
seven and five, you're in it, especially when you have a tiebreaker over Cleveland. Look, Cleveland won today, but you have the tiebreaker over Cleveland. And you have a chance to have the tiebreaker over Indianapolis and Miami. Not saying that's going to happen. I'm not even sure the Raiders, Raiders will be favored in either game. But you have a chance. You know, I feel like, uh, what's his name in Dumb and Dumber, Lloyd Christmas. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, I'm saying there's a chance. And up until 13 seconds left in the game, there was no chance on the Raiders season. So excuse me for being a little bit excited. Excuse me, right? On Thursday, I recorded a podcast. And there were some people that were like, dude, you're negative on this one. We're going to beat the Jets. We're going to move on. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I was a little bit depressed after that Falcons loss because that was terrible. That was downright terrible. And I also said on that podcast, I don't care how you beat the Jets. Beat the Jets. Do not be their first victory of the year. I thought most people were with me on that. Just win, right? Just win. But I guess not, right? I, I guess not. I guess it's not just win, baby. I guess it's win the the score that I had predicted. Win forty to ten. Win, you know, thirty two to you know fifteen. Win, you know, by this margin. They almost did. There were. I'll, I'll get into it. They almost did. But they're still alive, right? You just got to be alive at this point in the season. This last few weeks of the season this is an unprecedented season where the injury reports have never been more full than they are this year. You got a whole third element that you have to deal with, with COVID. Raiders were missing their bell cow running back today. Look, they're still better than the Jets, even without Josh Jacobs. And the score shouldn't have been what it was. But they got the win. And they might get healthier next week. So excuse me for being just a little bit relieved, not excited, relieved that the Raiders are still alive, right? <laughs> but man, it wasn't pretty. I, I mean, I, I'll give it to any fan that says it was an ugly win. It was one of the ugliest wins I've ever seen. But I've seen some losses that were just as ugly, right? So when you find a way to win those games, I, I feel a little bit better. I don't know if that makes sense, but the Raiders have played this ugly and lost before. So when you hit a big play like that at the end, hit that walk-off shot, you know what I mean? It wasn't a walk-off, right? Daniel Carlson still, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but Daniel Carlson just chunks it right to the 50-yard line right at a guy. Ground ball right at him. Don't kick it out of the back of the end zone. That'd be, that'd be a dumb idea to make a team throw 80 yards to be you with four seconds left. That was dumb. But it was basically a walk-off home run, right, to Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, I said when the Raiders drafted him, I didn't quite understand it at the time, but if it's going to work, he's going to be that home run threat that the defense has to plan for, the defense has to cater to, the defense has to leave Darren Waller alone because they're scared of Henry Ruggs, right? And a play like that on film, regardless of your theory on why it happened, that plays on film for Henry Ruggs. Anytime Henry Ruggs hits a deep shot, the defense has to change what they do against the Raiders. And that makes a lot of good opportunities for everybody else. But something that was funny was just the emotions going through that game. It was a depressing game, right? For at times. There were times where I felt like the game was over. When the game was 24-13, I, I was like looking at memes on my phone. I'm not going to lie. 
I'm not going to lie. Like I was looking at, I was looking at funny stuff, but I kept noticing the Raiders like not doing anything on offense and the jets were running the ball down the Raiders throat. I was like, man, what the hell's going on? But you know, they, they got this, they got this. I'm saying in my head, they, they got this. This isn't one of the jets stink, right? They're not going to come back. Long story short, I'll get to the details later. They, they get to the, the, the jets end up being up 28, 24. You're like, what the hell? And the Raiders get that, that what we thought at the time was the final drive. And it was excruciating, that final drive, what, what, or what we thought was the final drive. You have those weird run calls from Gruden when you're supposed to be running kind of an up-tempo offense trying to score, kind of just giving away every first down by running the ball, getting two or three yards. The run game wasn't there today. You don't have your bell cow. Passing is the only success you found against this Jets defense. The hell are we doing wasting these run plays? You only had one good running drive, and that was the first drive out of the half. That was the only time you could run the ball. And Groom made that clock keep ticking, which at the time when the Jets did take the lead, I'm thinking, wow, the Raiders burned off clock that they shouldn't have burned off, right? But on that drive, that drive that we thought was the last one, that was crazy, man. Carr was off. Carr was missing Aguilar. I thought Nelson Aguilar had a fantastic day running routes and getting open. And Carr was missing him. Derek Carr said after the game, when he missed Aguilar deep over the middle of the field, and I'm not talking about the one where Marcus May made the play on. Um, it was a brilliant play, but that ball was underthrown. I'm just talking about the one where I think it was two or three times he, he missed Nelson Aguilar middle of the field in the end zone. And then finally, you get to the, the after the third down play where you had the offsetting plays for Renfro. On that play, I was like, man, that was their shot. And then you see Carr who, you know, look, he had been rattled all game. Greg Williams was blitzing him all game. And I, and I think he saw pressure that wasn't there at times. And he threw it off his back foot to Aguilar, came up short. You're thinking, man, it's over. It's over. Lo and behold, the Jets, you know, get the ball back. Don't get a first down. Although, anybody else think it was kind of crazy that they didn't blow that play dead? And they tackled the running back out of bounds on third down. I was like, That's, that clock should stop. That wasn't a forward progress. That was just the progression of a play naturally. It should have been stopped out of bounds. Anyways, Raiders get the ball back. They worked the middle of the field with Waller first play on that final drive. You're like, what the hell? Clock's ticking, clock's ticking. Miss, miss Nelson Aguilar wide open down the field. I thought that was the play. I said, you know what? That's the one that would have won it. That's it. Sorry. That's it. Miss Nelson Aguilar down the field. He ran a beautiful route. And Greg Williams is blitzing every play. Finally, Derek Carr steps up in the pocket. Throws off his front foot, hits rugs, drops it in the bucket. Five seconds left. I screamed. There were the, the walls rattled. We have a lot of stuff hanging on our walls in the house. Rattled. It was terrible. I shouldn't have done that. But you know what? That was crazy. You don't see that. We're Raider fans. We don't that doesn't happen. And it's funny, right after that play, right? The Raiders win. I, I go on them like, damn, nice. We got out of it. 
And I see all these people saying, ah, Jets are tanking. They're tanking. Okay, I, I don't deny that the Jets are tanking, right? But I also, but I, my, the way I disagree when people say the Jets are tanking, you don't tank during games. You tank with your personnel. You don't tank with the actual plays on the field. Right? The Jets trading Jamal Adams in the offseason, kind of part of a tank, at least a rebuild or whatever you want to, whatever name you want to put on that. But you don't tank on the field. Adam Gase has no reason to tank. Adam Gase is going to get fired at the end of the year, probably no matter what. But I think he'd want to put like some good film on his on his resume to get maybe another offensive coordinator job or, you know, who knows? Maybe he ends up being a head coach again. I don't think so, but who knows? Guy knows what he's doing on offense. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's head coach material, but I don't see him knowing he's going to lose his job because there's no way the Jets keep him or Joe Douglas, in my opinion. I don't, I don't see them keeping him. And, and therefore, if you were going to tank a game, you don't have to hide it to tank. The way I don't, I don't understand when people say you have to like a disguise. You can tank. You could not start Sam Darnold. You you could IR Sam Darnold and put Joe Flacco out there all year if you want to tank. Sam Darnold wouldn't have scored a touchdown to put the the Jets ahead with a minute and a half left, or I'm sorry, not even a minute and a half left, like 45 seconds left for the Raiders to come back on. I don't think Sam Darnold scores there if they're tanking. And people say, oh, man, Greg Williams, he called that all-out blitz. That's tanking, right? Hail Mary, you're going to play every defense, all the defense back. You're going to play about you know five, six guys back in the end zone, ready to field it, ready to field a punt, basically. That's what you're doing with the Hail Mary. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the right move. But uh, I also challenge you to go look up some old Greg Williams defenses. The guy blitzes. That's what he does. When he has good personnel, when he has, like, electric athletes, those blitzes work. But when he has the Jets defense, those blitzes don't work. That's what Greg Williams does. So Greg Williams didn't tank there. That that Woody Johnson did not call that in to say, Greg Williams, hey, call a blitz here because we don't we don't want to win this game. We want Derek Carr to have to step up into the pocket, throw off his front foot, drop it in the bucket to Henry Ruggs. It'll be an easy win for them. That doesn't happen. The way you tank is hiring Greg Williams in the offseason. Or I don't know when the I think he's been there for two years now. You hire Greg Williams when you're, when you're trying to tank. But you don't do it on the field. These players aren't going to tank on purpose. Lamar Jackson, the corner, bit on the double move. He's not tanking. He's a rookie. He bit on the double move. It's a bad mistake. But why would a guy like that, who's not a first-round pick, Lamar Jackson, and we're talking Lamar Jackson, the corner for the Jets, the one that was covering rugs, bit on the double move. For one, they could have hit rugs on an outside route, stopped the clock, and had another shot at a closer Hail Mary. So. I'm not saying you buy it on that, but maybe that's what's going through his head. And you look, it's a bad call on defense. I'm just saying it's not tanking. And also you're playing an 0-11 team. Maybe they're just 0-11 talent, and that's how you find a way to lose the game. Raiders found a way to win the game. Jets found a way to lose the game. All right? So anybody who's... Anybody who's like pissed off about this win, I, I don't know, man. Must be nice because you must be watching a different Raiders team that I've watched the last couple of years. Team with no luck, doesn't get a break, and sucks. I saw a team that basically 
snatched victory out of the jaws of defeat rather than the other way around when they always found a way to lose. And I could be completely wrong against Indy next week. Oh, well, maybe I am. But you live week, to, week by week in the NFL, especially this late in the year. And this week, the Raiders won. <sighs> so let's get excited. Anyways, a couple things I saw from the game today. Uh, Darren Waller, unstoppable. Unbelievable game from Darren Waller. It's why you paid the guy. Three years, $27 million? It's a steal. That's a steal. I remember it was. A, I thought it was a steal last year when Darren Waller was having a really nice year. And I was like, damn, Darren Waller could get like twice that on the open market. But hey, you know what? Darren Waller probably feels like, hey, this team gave me a chance. Nobody else wanted to give me a chance. They made me, they put me on the active roster when I was just struggling on a practice squad somewhere. Sure. You know, I like where I'm at. Um, consistency is good, especially for a guy who's rehabilitating from something. You want consistency. You don't want to be bouncing around from place to place. Um, but Darren Waller, absolutely phenomenal today. This is the best game I've ever seen him play. And uh, he's had some good contenders. The Saints game earlier in the year was the best game I'd ever seen him play. But this year, this uh, this game, it was crazy. And, and what's funny about it is the Raiders didn't do anything insane with him. They just said, let's get him one-on-one with literally anybody on the Jets' defense, and we'll take that chance. He was catching balls in traffic. He was breaking tackles. Shout out to my guy, Hot Wheels. Said Darren Waller didn't break tackles. I see you. That was, that was funny. I, I gotta I gotta get on my guy. He's he's a he's a good dude. I, I like him a lot. We we talk back and forth. But it was really funny. He <laughs> he goes, does Darren Wall ever break tackles? Because he he got tackled by his shoe shoelaces a couple times today. I'm like, nah, he does, man. Like, come on, that can't be your problem today. You already had a one touchdown. That can, that can't be what you're complaining about today. And he's like, nah, man, show me. And I was like, ah, actually, last year he was second in the league, and, and this year he's middle of the pack. I mean, you can't say he doesn't break tackles. Then Darren Waller gets a touchdown, breaks two tackles right before the half. It was like an insane play. Uh, I, I, You know, it was just funny. It, it was just funny. I understand. Everybody has takes like that sometimes. Shout out my guy, Hot Wheels. Um, but Darren Waller, 200 yards and two touchdowns. He's the only tight end since 1950 to ever do that. And shit, what the hell was going on in 1950? 200 yards from a tight end? Insane. Must have been a bunch of tight end flats all game, getting like 10, 15 yards a play or something. But there were a couple plays, man. Like Darren Waller, I know the Raiders didn't end up scoring, but there was a a big third down or fourth down. I can't remember. I think it was a third down where Carr threw a bullet, but it wasn't accurate. And Waller just plucked it out of thin air. You know what I mean? Just grabbed it. Got them, you know, past midfield, and it really felt like, man, the game was done unless he makes that catch. And you have to realize, this is the number one receiver on this team. You drafted Henry Ruggs 12th overall. Nobody's happy the way his rookie season's going. But Darren Waller's the number one wide receiver. Well, receiver, but yeah. Number one receiver on this team. There was even times where Waller was open, and Adam Archuleta called it out. He's like, I don't know what Carr was looking at. He didn't see, didn't see Darren Waller open. And that sucks, right? But in a win, you can be like, look, that's there all day. And you want it to where the offense, where, or as an offense, especially the Gruden offense, where they're spreading the ball around all the time, you want the defense to never be able to commit to one thing. And in the games where the defenses decide to game plan to take Darren Waller out of the play, you want Henry Ruggs to be able to, to 
you know, make the defense pay for that. You want Hunter Renfro to be able to make the defense pay. Then you want to be able to run the ball against that defense who's game planning against Darren Waller, maybe keeping better coverage guys on the field for that. So shout out Darren Waller. That was fantastic today. Um, also on offense, I thought uh, the Josh Jacobs loss way bigger than I thought. Um, hand up. That one's on me. Um, obviously, I knew Jacobs was a great player, but I, I thought that the Raiders would be able to manufacture um, yards on the ground a little bit scheme wise. Um, I thought they'd be able to do better in that regard than they did today with Booker, Riddick, Richard. Uh, it didn't it didn't work. Booker had a tough day as the feature back, and, and maybe that's just what he is in the NFL. I still think he's a really good number two to Jacobs, number one. But uh, as a feature back, who knows? Now, the Jets do a good job against the run. That's probably the best thing they do in any category as a team is play the run well. Quinn Williams, um, gosh, I can't pronounce the guy's name, the guy who uh, I want to say he forced a fumble in the game too, but Fadakosi, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his name, but I referenced him in the last podcast in the preview episode. He's flying under the radar. Jonathan Franklin Myers, those guys can play well up front. And, uh, you know, maybe they just did a good job. And the Raiders' offensive line did not do well against them today. But um, they just could not create route yards on the ground, which is why in that kind of up-tempo offense when the Raiders were trying to win the game at the end, I, I didn't understand all the run calls there because the run game isn't there. If you have Jacobs, I, I could be talked into that. But um, without your bell cow back that you spent so much draft capital or such high draft capital on uh, bringing in, you want him out there if that's what you're doing. So uh, you, you realize how much Jacobs kind of creates his own yardage, uh, making guys miss, breaking tackles. He's he's so good at it. He, him and Nick Chubb are the best in the league at it. Um, Dalvin Cook probably up there as well. Those guys are one, two, and three interchangeably as far as breaking tackles, in my opinion. Um, so the, the Raiders, I hope they can get him back. I hope that means if he was almost – you know, able to start practicing this week. Hopefully they're able, he's able to start practicing, but he has to be healthy. I, I don't want him back if he's not healthy. Um, but, uh, you know, next week, if he's about 80%, I hope he's out on the field. 80% to me is healthy this time of year in the NFL. So uh, hopefully he's able to get back against Indy because they will need him. Um, that's a tough defense they're playing. Like I said, offensive line had a really tough day. Like Derek Carr was, uh, let me start with Derek Carr. Derek Carr was kind of had a tough, a tough day today. I mean, he got the win and, and that was a phenomenal way to end the game. And that should do a lot for him, but he was not really all that good, especially in the second half. I thought in the first half, you know, look, I can't put the interception on him. I thought rugs, it's not, a, it wasn't the best throw in the world, but I expect my 12th overall pick to catch it. And even if he can't catch it, that ball cannot end up in the other team's hands. It's possible for two guys to be at fault on one play. I think a lot of people have that card derangement syndrome where, you know, I watch the game and I literally just keyhole in spotlight on number four. I'm sure. He wasn't that great today. I don't, I don't, I thought he missed a lot of throws. He even said it. He said some of the worst throws I made were today and they were bad. Yeah, he still had four touchdowns on, on the day today. So I think we have to take that. It wasn't the Atlanta Falcons level bad that it was. And, and we'll see. If he shits the bet against India, sure. You know what I mean? I think then we can take that. I think we can 
we can do more with that than we can with uh, these last two games. Is if he just shits the bed against Indy with a possible playoff spot. Not on the line, but uh, it's a big game as far as the playoff seating would go. And and yeah, like Carr was seeing pressure. I thought that wasn't there. I thought even though I think Carr does a good job against the blitz, I don't think he's used to being blitzed that much. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah, you even saw it on that fourth down play. They were blitzing to Aguilar where he kind of lofted it off his back foot. I don't think he had to. I thought he could have at least planned it just a little bit. Aguilar makes that catch nine times out of 10, if he's able to just put a little something on that throw. Um, I thought he saw pressure that wasn't there. That's definitely something I've seen with Derek Carr a lot. And uh, I expect Indianapolis to do the same thing and even better next week than the Jets are because they have better personnel at doing so. So uh, nonetheless, but the offensive line, the offensive line had a tough day. I, I thought Rodney Hudson was getting punked by Quinn and Williams a couple times. Um, and then the tackles, Brandon Parker, Samuel, it's just not, it's not good. They need Trent Brown back. Uh, Trent Brown might come back. Uh, there's kind of reports that maybe he'll be back for Indy. That'd be great. They really need him. But uh, even on the interior, this offensive line needs to do a better job winning. Um, look, at you could take it as a criticism to DC or, or you could take it as a, um, you know, me kind of being a homer or a stan or anything, but whatever. But Derek Carr needs really good protection from his offensive line. And if it's not there, I have no interest in Derek Carr being my quarterback. And uh let's just let's just hope that that Trent Brown's ready next week for for Indy because uh this wasn't good enough. Um I don't think they blocked well in the run game and I don't think they protected the passer well today. Um one thing I will say, Theo Riddick, uh, not great carrying the ball, never has been. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job, him and Jalen Richard picking up some blitzes. There were some plays where I thought Derek Carr was dead in the water from a blitz, and he would have fumbled the ball because we all know what happens if you let somebody touch Derek Carr, there's mm, like a 22% chance that that ball's hitting the ground, and that's about 10% higher than any other quarterback not named Daniel Jones, in my opinion. So... Theo Riddick did a nice job picking up the blitz, um, but the offensive line is going to have to be better. You saw it in Derek Carr's footwork. It wasn't there. When he doesn't trust his protection, his footwork sucks. And that's as much on him as it is the offensive line. But let's just get the offensive line right because we know that it can be good. Derek Carr's tempo rushes. I think he rushes through his reads a little more, which is not good when the protection is not there. So that's just something that that it's got to improve down the stretch if the Raiders want to make a, make a run at anything. Uh, defensively, uh, Cleland Furl, nice to see you, bud. He's back. He's back. Two strip sacks today. That's what we want to see out of the fourth overall pick, making plays. He was making plays in the run game too. Uh, you know, one of the few guys that was. I thought he played a nice game today. Got some pressures, got some sacks, turned the ball over. That's what we want. On Makai Becton, right? Makai Becton's probably been a top five rookie in the, as far as first round picks this year. It's been fantastic. It's been a good tackle class. Makai Becton's been as good as any of them. Jedrick Wills, all those guys. But he's a left tackle, and he's going to be a good left tackle in this league for a long time. Cleland Furrow gave him the business a couple times today. So that's a nice confidence builder for him. I made a couple steroid jokes jokes about Cleland Furrow. I uh, only kind of mean them. No, I'm kidding. But Cleland Furrow. 
nice job today. Fantastic job. Keep building on that. If that's something that comes on later in the year, Raiders are in decent shape. Uh, here's the bad with the defense. They gave up over 200 yards rushing to the fucking Jets. It's embarrassing. The second half, the Jets, they were down 11 points. They were just running the ball and getting chunk plays. They didn't have to pass, and I thought that was terrible. That was just as much of a game changer as Derek Carr not being able to uh, run the offense as smoothly in the second half. You have guys like Jonathan Hankins on the field to stop the run. Nick Kwiatkowski, I thought, was getting stuck to blocks a little bit more than he normally does. And I think they're missing Jonathan Abram. Holy shit, right? We were just slandering Jonathan Abram against the Chiefs. What the hell? Jonathan Abram, he, for all the flaws he has, you know when he's not on the field. He's one of the, he's noticeable. And there were a couple plays, and I think Jonathan Abram, I'm not a film expert, so there's some film experts that could debunk me here, but I do think that the running backs understand when Jonathan Abram's on the field. They kind of avoid him a little bit. And today it felt like they had more, they're free range chickens, man. They could just go wherever they want. That was bad. Josh Adams. So we had Theo Riddick and Josh Adams. Shout out Notre Dame. I got to give a shout out to my, my undefeated Notre Dame Irish. But this defense stinks, man. We know that. We know that this defense stinks. It's not there. Paul, Gun- whether it's Paul Gunther or the players, we don't, we just know it stinks and it's not going to change. They're not going to fire Paul Gunther this late in the season. It's not going to happen. But one thing I am seeing is turnovers. Turnovers are occurring a lot more. Trayvon Mullen, one-handed interception. Two strip sacks by Cleveland Furrow. That's what you like to see. That's what you like to see out of this team. If you're going to play bad defense, you got to create turnovers. You can win that way. Not sustainably, but you can win for a year like that. So keep the turnovers up. You know, we understand that there's going to be teams that run on the Raiders and be teams that can pass on the Raiders, sometimes both. That is what it is. That needs to be addressed in the offseason. That's definitely a red flag on Mike Mayock. That's definitely a red flag on John Gruden. Definitely a red flag on Paul Gunther as far as building a team. But it is what it is right now. Late in the late in, We're in the dog days of the NFL. And the Raiders got to get turnovers. They got to find a way to get some sacks. They got to get lucky. Quarterbacks missing throws, things like that. We want it to look a certain way, but at the end of the day, you just want the results at this point. So what does this all mean, right? The Raiders win, right? Just to wrap all this up, what does this, what does this mean? It's a win, right? It's a win against a winless team, but it's a win you had to have. You take any win you can get in week 13. Does this mean the Raiders are a playoff team? Does it mean the Raiders are back to where they were in the beginning of the season? No, it just means they're still alive. A loss, they would have been dead, done, buried. Remember Tony Sperano burying the football? Buried. It's like the NCAA tournament, survive in advance. You want to just keep pushing, keep moving on. Doesn't matter how it happened. Doesn't matter how it happened. If it's a win, I'm with it. And even then, right, even if that sounds a little down, right, because they might shit the bed. They might shit the bed against Indy, right? 
I'm taking it week by week. I'm happy right now. I'll, I'll be sad if they shit the, big, the bed against Indy. But they still have a chance to make that Indy game count, and that's all I asked for today. I didn't ask for a pretty win today, and I got an ugly win. I got a weird win, a stolen win, right? That's okay. But there's a glass half full narrative that you could look at this. Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr. That's the thing I look from it. Derek Carr, I don't think you see good DC after this. I don't think you'd see a good Derek Carr performance after this game if they lost this game. I think the season, we all know the way when Derek Carr starts playing bad, it's usually a streak coming of bad play. But now, right, that might be something that he builds off of. You might get that lightning in a bottle off that. You know I mean? It's a momentum sport, right? The Raiders ended this game with the momentum going up, regardless of the opponent. And Henry Ruggs. How about Henry Ruggs? He had one of the worst games I've seen out of a rare player in a while. I thought he caused an interception, and he fumbled the ball. The Raiders could have put that game away if he doesn't fumble that ball. Raiders are up four when that happens. If they score another touchdown there, that game's over. We're laughing about this game tonight. But he fumbled the ball. But guess what? Game-winning touchdown, what do you think it does for a guy's confidence who's maybe had kind of a down rookie year? We, I, I know Henry Ruggs can be a good player. He looks like a natural football player, but he's having a tough go. This could only be good for his confidence. Maybe it gives him a new life. Like I said, maybe that connection starts yielding more results. The Henry Ruggs, Derek Carr connection. Because if that connection happens, look out for this offense. That's the last thing they need for this offense. They need to get healthy, and they need that Henry Ruggs, Derek Carr connection. That happens these last couple weeks in the season. They could beat anybody. Outscore anybody, I should say. And then next week, you could have Trent Brown, Josh Jacobs back. Maybe a little bit of Isaiah Johnson, right? The Isaiah Johnson loss today. Once Damon Arnett, what, first play of the game goes down? Mayock, not everybody needs to be a headhunter on defense that you draft. That's all I'm going to say. But Damon Arnett's going to have to learn how to tackle properly for his own sake, right? Because I think he's already a pretty good tackler, but he's going to have to learn how to tackle for his own sake, how to preserve himself. Because Frank Gore knocked his ass out first play of the game. But Isaiah Johnson not being active made Keyshawn Nixon have to be out there. You know, it made Dallin Levitt have to play a little safety, which even I think I, the Raiders used to use Isaiah Johnson as safety before they used Dallin Levitt. So that's what I'm saying. But you could get those three guys, Trent Brown, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Isaiah Johnson back against Indy. And Indy's a way better team than the New York Jets, but... I'd rather play them at somewhat full strength. <sighs> so that's it, guys. Enjoy the win. Enjoy the win. They're still alive, right? Sunday night next week, we'll talk. I might feel a lot more sad next week. Or I might be happy. We might be talking about the 8-5 and five Raiders that have two tiebreakers over two wildcard teams. You never know. But I know one thing. Had they lost today, they'd be done. So you could tell me that they're done right now, but you can't tell me that until Sunday, right? You can't tell me that exactly without any proof. This is just your take on it. So I'm choosing to, you know, hey, that bleach still got the cap on it, right? 
we're good. We're good for now. And we're good until Sunday. We'll see what happens. I'm going to see if I can get a guest on for this indie, uh, for this indie game coming up. Uh, I got a, I got a Colts fan that I wanted to, to talk about a guy that's doing some cool things analytically, um, with his blog. So I'm going to see if I can get him on this week. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm Glenn Rockley, rah, Glenn Rockney, a couple beers in, sorry, Glenn Rockney at G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. Name's going to be at the bottom of the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, This is the Rock Vegas Podcast. I am uh, part of another podcast called Rare Candy Podcast. That is uh, at Rare Candy Pod 1 on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, Raiders are 75. Just enjoy it. That's all I got to say. Just enjoy it for now. Um, It was a really thrilling win today. And uh, whatever your take on it is, it was a win. So you can't take that away. All right, Raider Nation, everybody have a safe week. I'll be – Talking to you guys later in the week. All right.